The Southern Middle Tennessee Prep Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Good Tuesday morning and welcome into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I am Chris Yow, joined as always by Mo Patton. Intern two in the building, it is Lawson Smith and we are happy to have you on this Tuesday edition of the show. Watching on Facebook Live, if you are, welcome in. Twitter, thank you for joining us. Our friends at 94.5 The Eagle WZYX down in Franklin County, good morning to you all as well. Folks, we've got a big announcement today. I know we've told you this before. (laughs) I, I, I know we've said this before. But this is not a boy who cried wolf situation. We have the wolf is actually here. <laughs> we we have confirmed that we can make this announcement today with all parties involved. Last time we only confirmed with one of the two, and that's that's our fault. Trust but verify. <laughs> yeah. So that being said, we are going to make a big announcement. That'll be at ten oh five today. Uh, so stick around for that. Going to be. Uh, we think it's big. Uh, it is. It is now. Well, I mean, everything that not everybody thinks everything is as big as we do. You know, and I think it's pretty dang big. It's pretty cool is what it is. Yeah. If nothing else. I'm just trying to kind of temper things so that for those who hear it and say, that's not that's that it. That was the announcement. That's it. You know, sorry. You know, so it's, just it's, it's big managing enough. expectations, I guess, which is something I've kind of spent my entire life doing, you know, under promise over deliver. Ideally. <laughs> yeah. So. That's, that's the situation we're in now. Oh man. Thanks for coming in today as we are in the Lee company studio on Southern middle Tennessee sports day presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint. It is a beautiful day here in the front porch sports headquarters of WKOM 1017 as we look out to West 7th. If you are watching on Facebook or Twitter, you can see the beautiful skies, blue and not a cloud to be seen until tonight when 
Things are not supposed to be so great. Um, that's okay. Yeah. Well, we'll take the we'll take the rain as as it comes, and hopefully it'll be out of here in time for post nineteens tournament on this uh, uh over the weekend. Starting Thursday. Tournament does start Thursday, and if you are looking for a schedule on that, we can help you. Uh, if you just go to sm-tnsports.com, you can find the full schedule for this weekend's uh, Independence Day Classic Tournament hosted by Post19. It is buried inside of the story of last night's Post19 win over the throwbacks. the throwbacks over at Treveca. We were there in person, and it was a – let's just say it was um a – uh, a really good night for post-19 after they finally got warmed up with the bats. Well, yeah. I mean, they – I don't know if you'd say struggled. They just um, – I, I think it probably looked worse offensively for post-19 early on because they gave up three runs in the top of the first, all of which weren't earned. But, right. But they trailed 3 nothing early. Got back into it and then broke it open with ten runs in their final three at bats. So once they got going, they couldn't stop. Yeah, I, I, so it was I, they played one nine inning game instead of a doubleheader like we had. Yeah, expected. they were originally scheduled to play two sevens. They, I think, I think pitching on both sides kind of dictated that they play one nine. And well, the throwbacks ended up using everybody they had anyway. Yeah, and I think that was kind of their plan. I think they had played in a tournament this past weekend. I think they've got one coming up this coming weekend, so they just wanted to get some guys some work. I think they would have liked to have seen their guys that got work be a little bit more successful than giving up 13 runs in, on 14 hits. Yeah, five, five runs in, that, in, in the top of the ninth there kind of – Kind of got away from them. Yeah, blew it wide open. But had they played um, two sevens, they would have won the first game six to three. (laughs) And then they were up seven to what, two? Yeah. Seven to two after the second inning of that second game. So it's a good thing they just played nine because by by 8.30 I was getting hungry and the umpire wasn't obliging my uh, need to get out of there and go eat. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hey, man, I'm hungry, aren't you? Let's, let's <laughs> open that strike zone up a little bit, Blue. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now that it was it was a really fun game though. I mean, you know, he, he, Brantley Whitwell hit a bomb over the twenty foot wall in left field. We we have determined that it was twenty feet after consulting with the throwbacks coaching staff, one of whom actually played at Trevecca. I tried to look up the dimensions of the field online, couldn't find them. So. I think it was kind of a, yeah, it's about 20 feet. Okay, cool. But the the fence in left was significantly higher than the rest of the field. Except for center field, where it was also the same height there, except for a little dent in left center where yeah. they just decided, hey, maybe maybe right here, hit it here, win a stake kind of thing. We, I don't we know. We should have taken a panoramic. <laughs> it was, you know. A very odd, uh, a very odd looking fence, but but I tell you, if you go down that sidewalk outside the field, there's a soccer field on the other side of that 
fence. So I don't know if that's like to protect soccer field inhabitants from flying baseballs or, or, or what, but that one would have got them. Yeah. That was a, that was a bomb there from, from Brantley Whitwell, the Columbia state Sonny, I believe. Is he, is he going to Columbia state? I think it's Martin Methodist. Hang on though. I'll tell you. <laughs> we've got, we've got a list. He He's a, well, he's not going to Martin Methodist. <laughs> The school in Pulaski. <laughs> That's um, what we have to call it for now. It's UT Southern, if you aren't aware of the... No, you were right. It is C-State? Yeah. Okay, so Brantley Whitwell headed to C-State and hit that bomb last night. And good for him. I mean, I, it was a little shocking. I'm, I'm watching it, and, I, and I'm like, okay, it's going to hit the wall at some point. And the, the left fielder eventually just looks up and stops running. And I was like, Oh, I guess that's gone. <laughs> it was pretty interesting, man. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta give the props where props are due. So big win last night for post 19, the full story on SM TNsports.com. Uh, other news out of Rutherford County. I mean, better late than never. Yeah. Um, Scrolling through Twitter as we are wont to do, we came across a um, release from Rutherford County Schools that they had named a full-time athletics director, Chris Harris, who previously coached basketball at Siegel um, earlier in this millennium. I think he had been off the floor for a while, but... um, Equally, if not more significantly, he was a part of the MTSU men's basketball team that in 1982 defeated Kentucky in the first round of the NCAA tournament down at Memorial Gym at Vanderbilt. So, um, big um, big name in MTSU athletic history for sure. But um, Chris Harris, the first full-time athletic director in Rutherford County Schools history, which, you know, it's kind of odd to me when you consider that um, they've got they've got nine high schools over there, and as athletically minded as Rutherford County is, when you consider that Williamson County, with nine schools, has had a full-time AD since at least 2010 when Jack Daniels took over that position. Um, with an S. With an S, yes. No apostrophe. Daniels. No apostrophe with No apostrophe, an S. Not, not possessive, <laughs> no. Um, and when you consider that Murray County has had a full-time athletics director since, I think, 2016 when Larry Brown – was installed in that role and has since been, you know, supplanted by Chris Pointer. So to see Rutherford County just now hiring a full-time AD for the first time, it, it struck me as a little odd when I first saw it. So that's kind of why I wanted to mention it on here. He'll certainly have his hands full again. Nine schools, nine high schools in in um in Rutherford County. So yeah, just and that's just high schools, let alone all the middle schools that you deal with in that role. So definitely going to have his hands full, I would think. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, school system wide athletics directors are a positive because they can sometimes they they can do kind of like what Darren Joins was able to do, and you know they they get apparel deals, and so everybody is kind of you know getting a break here because you know they're they're not having to go out and find their own um their own jerseys and that sort of thing so maybe they get a break on the price here or there or whatever uh you know eh, there are as some a, as a former Williamson County Schools athletics parent eh i mean did you price them out otherwise <laughs> i did not price them out i just know that all deals aren't good deals. Well, yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. Okay. I'm just saying that there's there are some positives to it. You know, there are some things that you can do as, as buying in bulk, you know, or getting a deal on maybe, hey, we're going to redo all of your floors and we're going to give you a 10% discount because you're giving us 30 jobs mm-hmm. or whatever. So there are there are positives to it. And, there are and, certainly positives to having a point person in that position, rather than nine school ads undertaking a lot of that stuff. I mean, from a scheduling standpoint, I would think it's easier to to do some things. There, there's a lot you can do with that synergy when there's one person at the top of it all. I think, and um, you know, I think watching Jeremy Qualls in that role prior to join stepping in there kind of to me set the bar for what can be accomplished with a system ad like that so yeah no question. yeah it, it'll be interesting to see what impact chris harris again and as a full-time ad as opposed to the part-time arrangement that they had previously had will be able to to get done in terms of that, and um, as a friend of mine mentioned when I when I mentioned this to him, said too territorial. That will be a tough job, and there, you know, again, when you've got as many programs that have been as successful as some of the programs in Rutherford County have been, it'll be interesting to see just how much they are willing to be under one umbrella. No doubt, I will be interested, and 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 I, I think, I think, like you said, there's positives. There's going to be some negatives. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, uh, we are up against our first break, but first, the Tuesday rundown. This is the rundown. This is your Tuesday Rundown brought to you by Jim Davis at Grow, Live, Give. Visit them at growlivegive.com or give them a call at 615-682-0022. Securities offered through IFP Securities, LLC, DBA, Independent Financial Partners, IFP member, FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, LLC, DBA, Independent Financial Partners, Registered Investment Advisor, IFP and Grow, Live, Give are not affiliated. In Major League Baseball action, Monday of local interest, the Milwaukee Brewers blasted the Chicago Cubs 14-4, while the St. Louis Cardinals defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks 7-1. In the Western Conference Finals of the NBA Playoffs, Game 5, the Clippers defeated the Suns 116-102, cutting their deficit to 3-2 against Phoenix. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, speaking of blasting, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning with a 5-1 win over the Habs, the Canadians 
there, and Tampa Bay takes a one nothing lead in the Stanley Cup Finals. In the College World Series last night, Vanderbilt, an 8-2 winner over Mississippi State. We'll talk more about that later. And, of course, as we told you earlier, the post-19 seniors, a 13-5 winner over the throwbacks. In today's Major League Baseball schedule, again, of area interest, um, the New York Mets open a series at Truist Park against the Atlanta Braves. That, it's, that game is a 6-20 start on Bally Sports South. Can also be heard, I guess, on our sister station, 103.7 WKRM. Pre-game will begin at 5.05. At 7.15 on ESPN+, Plus, you can see the Arizona Diamondbacks at the St. Louis Cardinals. And at 9 o'clock on ESPN, it's San Francisco at the Dodgers. In NBA playoff action game four tonight between the Bucks and the Hawks. That's in Atlanta. Tip off at 7.30. That can be seen on TNT. In WNBA action, it's the New York Liberty at the Atlanta Dream. That's a 6 o'clock tip on ESPN3. On ESPN2 at 6 o'clock, you can watch the Connecticut Sun and the D.C. Mystics. And College World Series game two, Vanderbilt can take home another College World Series championship with a win tonight. First pitch scheduled for 6 p.m. on ESPN. That's going to do it for your Tuesday rundown. Brought to you by Jim Davis at Grow Live Give. When we come back, we're going to talk to Brad Willis of the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame the executive director over there they had their inductions show over the weekend but they've they've got something going on right now that uh, we thought that would be interesting for folks who are looking for something to do over this summer break and dead period since you can't practice sports and whatnot so something fun you can do we will tell you what it is when we talk to brad willis on the other side of the break so stick around on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee barn and joint we will be right back right after this Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company. Call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. sports and beyond it's on southern middle tennessee sports today welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint chris yow mo Patton, lawson smith here in the lee company studio happy to have you with us in the front porch sports headquarters of wkom 1017 fm and 
94.5 The Eagle WZYX in Franklin County. Hope you guys are hanging out. Happy happy to have you along with us for this ride. This Tuesday edition of the show, 27 minutes past the hour. And again, typically we would have a Williamson Herald uh, member on the show on Tuesday, but Charles Pulliam still in Alaska, and we're going to let him be in Alaska and enjoy his time uh, with his family and friends and that sort of thing. So instead, we get a special guest on this Tuesday edition of the show, and we are happy to welcome him on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, the Executive Director of the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame, Mr. Brad Willis. Brad, good morning. Hey, good morning. You got me uh, jonesing for Alaska now. Hey, it's I'd love to be there, but <laughs> the pictures are nice. I would imagine they are. Brad, busy weekend for you this weekend as you all um, had your 2021 Hall of Fame induction class show that aired Saturday across the state and via live stream and whatnot. Um, clearly you all have had to do things a little differently this time around as we continue to deal with the pandemic, but um, all indications are that things went well for you all. They did. And, and, and you're, you're right. We, we have kind of had to pivot a little bit last year. We, we did a television show that was in, in some ways just born out of necessity. I think a lot of people kind of, majored in that last year you know kind of pivoting their strategy restaurants turned into takeout and all those kinds of things and you know we we typically had a, a big banquet about 700 800 people and that was uh, a complete no-go last year and then when we met our board met this january you know we kind of talked through things and at that point the restrictions for events in nashville was still pretty strict uh, you know i don't think you could have gotten more than about 250 or 300 people together and so we kind of made the, the decision to move ahead with the TV special again this year. And we're just really thankful that, you know, the, the, the TV affiliates that carried us last year, uh, all six of them came back and carried us again this year. And so, you know, we ended up um, on Saturday and Sunday across the, across the whole state. And, and across, as you mentioned on, on our web stream and, you know, the goal, anytime you're, uh, inducting a, a group like this into a you know hall of fame or something like that you just want to make sure that you're you know you're giving them the, their proper honor and you know that was our goal and so we were you know we were excited and, and felt like that uh we were we at least had a year under our belt of, of doing it and so uh we're glad that it aired this weekend and we're finally kind of able to to call this group 2021 Hall of Famers. You know, we had Mike Keith on the show last week leading up to the weekend, and um, I gave him a hard time because that's what I do with Mike. But, um, <laughs> you know, the the voice of the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame being inducted into the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame could have really been a little – awkward I guess under normal circumstances but um you guys kind of worked things out and and that came off with without a hitch as well well I appreciate you saying that I you know so Mike was nominated in our in our board you know as you mentioned you know he's been he's been our MC for over 20 years and and our board immediately saw fit that that he should be inducted and 
and knowing Mike for as long as I've known Mike, I was thrilled for him. But I would tell you that I would be lying if I didn't say the first thing that went through my head is, oh, no, who's going to host my television show? Uh, because he's he's so talented and he, I would really want no one else hosting the show. And so right after we uh, we let him in on the surprise, uh, I called him and I said, listen, I said, I, I, I feel like I'm going to get somebody else to host my show. I, you know, I want to make sure that you have, you know, your, your moment and the proper honor. And he said, you know what? He said, we'll figure out a way to do it. I think I'd rather just host a show. If we were having a banquet, I'd want to sit at the table with my family and my friends and do all that. But it's a television show. I love talking to this group of people. Uh, we'll figure out a way to make it work. And so that's what we did. And so he's a pro, and that's the thing that I uh, respect and, and just love about the guy is he's a pro's pro. So we, we put him right there off the top, didn't, didn't kind of hold back because we wanted to make sure that as, as he was serving as our host for the rest of the evening, we'd already given him his honors. And so he's a, he's a, great, he's a great example of really what this class is from top to bottom. And I think that, uh, you know, people that watch the show that over the, the two hours uh, that aired Saturday night here in, in the you know, middle Tennessee area, I, I hope really everybody came away with a real understanding of, of what these 11 individuals meant to their sport, to their community and to our state. It could have been like on a original Kings of comedy Mo. He's like, now that we'd have got that out the way. <laughs> 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 right. This speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Brad Willis, the executive director of the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. And Brad, it's it's obviously the induction class takes center stage at a time like this, but you guys handed out a bunch of other honors and recognitions as well during the course of this show. Um Derek Henry, Derek Henry, say that. Yeah. Easy for me to say, huh? <laughs> Derek Henry was y'all's um Tennessean of the year. You know, John ja Morant and Alicia Clark also recognized, and the Titans. Um, bunch of very deserving individuals um were honored in addition to the Hall of Fame inductees. I love that part of of what we do. In that, not only are we recognizing you know, people for their body of work over an entire career or, you know, over an extended period of time by inducting them. But we're also, you know, honoring several, you know, amateur teams like the Belmont women's basketball team and Memphis's uh, men's basketball team and, you know, individuals like Anastasia Hayes and Brady White. Um, we, we, we do honorees for things like our Lifetime Achievement Award, which we awarded to Jerry Robertson from East Tennessee State and our David Williams Significant Historical Achievement Award, which we gave to Joan Cronin. And as you mentioned, Derrick Henry, um, you know, Derrick Henry, uh, you know, last year was our was our pro athlete of the year and, and certainly could have very easily lined up in that award again this year. But when when we sat down as a nomination committee, one of the things that that our group focused on was not only what what Derrick Henry did on the field, which you know, in becoming a 2,000-yard rusher, only, you know, seven other people have ever done that, which in and of itself is huge. Uh, but what he did in the community over the last year, you know, from a philanthropic standpoint, and giving back to COVID relief and tornado relief and youth initiatives and those kinds of things, for us, it really kind of made a, a, a total package type situation. And for our Tennessee end of the year, you know, frankly, you know, outside of being inducted, that's, you know, the highest honor that we give. And so we're thrilled that, that he was part of that. Um, you, you mentioned John Morant. 
Uh, Alicia Clark was our, our female uh, pro athlete of the year. And so from top to bottom, we, we really felt like, you know, that many sports, uh, many individuals, and, and many parts of the state were all pretty well represented Saturday night. Tough to go any further without mentioning that the Nashville Six was presented the Courage Award. The um, Metro Nashville Police Department officers that helped evacuate or along Second Avenue and Broad and Broadway um, on Christmas morning before the tragic explosion that took place down there. Yes, and when you know when you go back, if you haven't seen the the body cam footage of of that day. And, you, and clearly you go back now and you're able to kind of piece all the, the facts together. You, you really understand um, what, how harrowing that moment must have been because, you know, to, to hear the announcements that were being made from the RV on 2nd Avenue and having a pretty good idea that something bad was going to happen. And then you've got these six police officers who are all working an overnight shift on Christmas Eve. Um, you know, a lot of them are, you know, relatively young. They're, kind of making their way and you know they're tasked with going door to door and evacuating people you know not knowing if you know if a, if a 15 minute countdown that's playing over a speaker is you know accurate or not and you know to see the the footage of a couple of the officers walking you know around the corner there from second avenue to you know put on some more tactical gear and all those uh, all that when the explosion went off you realize you know kind of what these you know, six officers and, uh, you know, put themselves through on that day. And so, you know, as, as a, from the hall of fame perspective as, you know, a business, if you will, that is downtown, uh, we felt like it was fitting to honor this group on behalf of the business owners and the residents. And, um, you know, it, it, they were actually able to come into the hall and, and, and film some, some footage with us. Uh, and it was great to meet them that were, they were a great group and, we just uh, we couldn't tell them enough how much we appreciated uh, their work on that day. Brad Willis, executive director of the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame. Brad, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because right now is the dead period in high school sports. So if you're not on vacation this week or next week and you're looking for something to do, the Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame is open and available to uh, come in and take a tour, and it's absolutely free right now. Is that correct? That's right. We've uh, we've partnered with the Nashville Sports Council to make attendance absolutely free all the way through September. Uh, if you come to the Hall of Fame uh, starting uh, today, uh, you're going to see the class of 2021 represented uh, for the first time. Not only uh, in the banners, we hang banners up for all of our new inductees. So right when you walk in, the first group of banners that you're greeted by is the most current class of inductees. The class of 2021 greets you now when you enter. Uh, but also, if you come into the theater, uh, you're going to be able to see uh, portions of our Class of 2021 special that aired Saturday night. When you go around the hall, there are different televisions, running bio videos. You're going to learn a lot about this class. And, you know, we're starting to get some artifacts put in place from this group. So, yeah, I would encourage anyone, if you've got kids, if, if you're, you're looking for a way to, you know, get downtown right across the street from, from Bridgestone Arena is the brand new uh, Fifth and Broadway, which is is a really cool um, layout. They've got a lot of restaurants and shops, and uh, it, it really feels like it really feels like like a small theme park across the street from the Ryman. If that makes any kind of sense at all, it's like the Ryman. The Ryman is like the castle to its Disneyland, if you will. 
Uh, but um, it's 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 a cool spot to come. I would encourage anybody to come check it out. And, and as you mentioned, attendance or admission rather is absolutely free. All you got to do is show up and take the tour. Well, we hope that folks will take full advantage of that, and I'm I'm sure many many of our listeners will do that. Brad, thanks so much for hanging out with us today and and giving us some some more background info and and of course helping us to give Mike Keith a little bit of a hard time. That's always fun. We appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm signed up for that anytime. And hey, thank thank you guys for having me. If people want to check out anything about us, they can do it uh, online. Our website is tshf.net. Check that out, and you'll find out all all kinds of things. There you have it. Brad Willis, Executive Director of Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. We will talk to you soon, Brad. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, we've uh, we got a lot more to get to and really excited to do just that because on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about Vanderbilt, uh, College World Series mess, <laughs> apparently. It's only continued. Uh, Scotty Pippen was on the Dan Patrick show yesterday and he had a lot to talk about. So, uh, there's that and, uh, much more again, 10 Oh five, huge announcement coming. So stick around on, uh, the show for that. And we'll talk about the Braves. And of course it's top five Tuesday and top five Tuesday this, this week, because, well, there's been a lot of uniform weirdness in the last uh, couple of weeks, especially uh, considering the Bucks wearing whatever blue they were wearing the other night. So in honor of that, the top five uniform schemes, color schemes, it's more based on color schemes because why are the Bucks wearing blue? Uh, but what are the best color schemes? And what sports teams and uniforms best portray? that color scheme. So that's our top five today. Stick around for that as well. We will be right back on Southern middle Tennessee sports today presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint right after this. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top notch communication and local service covenant technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Festop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. sports and beyond it's on southern middle tennessee sports today welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint happy to have you guys with us here quarter till the top of the hour on 
this beautiful Tuesday edition of the show. Coming to you from the Lee Company studio right here in Columbia, the Front Porch Sports Headquarters. On WKOM 1017 FM on 94.5 The Eagle WZYX. Man, this uh, this next segment's going to get crazy. <laughs> we got a few things we need to get to, and I think the first one will kind of segue into the second one. So, I've not heard about this, so you're gonna you're gonna tell me something that I've not heard yet. Uh, apparently, there was an incident or some incidents last night at the College World Series involving Vanderbilt and some uh, apparent racial slurs. Aimed at VU fans? Yeah, I started to see it last night on Twitter. Clinton Yates, who writes for The Undefeated, a um, an arm of ESPN.com, tweeted out, developing Vandy parents at the stadium tonight were subjected to racial slurs during the game and no one was hurt, but the incident was obviously unacceptable and inappropriate. Um, most of the black parents... Black players' parents sit together. They routinely deal with micro to macro aggressions that they basically just wear because, well, black folks have to do that sometimes. Boiled over tonight. Um, short version. This is all, again, from at Clinton Yates on Twitter. Short version. A bunch of drunk Mississippi State fans decided that when the game got out of was out of hand that the N-bomb needed to fly. Authorities got involved and everybody's okay, but, yeah, no, nah, that can't happen. It did. So... I, st- I saw that initially last night. Um, Vanderbilt Athletics Director Candace Story Lee at Vandy AD on Twitter uh, responded earlier this hour, or didn't respond, but tweeted earlier this hour, I am deeply troubled that some of our student-athlete parents were subjected to racial sl- racist slurs during last night's game. This is absolutely unacceptable and disgraceful behavior, and such hateful language has no place anywhere in our society. To the family members who were impacted, please know that you have my full support and you absolutely have the wholehearted support of not only Vanderbilt Athletics, but all of Commodore Nation. Now, you know, (laughs) as an African-American, I can imagine how uncomfortable Candace Lee was in tweeting this out and making this public statement because... As has already started to happen on Twitter, when this kind of thing is acknowledged, there is an equal, if not greater, uprising of people telling you it's BS. It didn't happen. Why are you whining? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if you weren't there, you can't say. Clinton Yates has been covering the College World Series all week. I've been following him. He's a great follow. Um... Candace Story Lee wouldn't come out and tweet something like this if it wasn't real. And, you know, with it being another Southeastern Conference institution involved, I'll be interested to see what the league office has to say about it. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I was curious if Greg Sankey would have to weigh in on this. I Again, I, I, it's fans, so I'm not sure what the league can do, but it's – there has to be some sort of acknowledgement or uh, admonishment. Yeah. Uh, You can't just say this is fans being fans and walk off. No, no, I'm just saying, I'm just not sure what the, what the league can do other than say, we hear this and you're gone forever. 
I, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I don't know what they can do. But I don't feel like nothing is the answer. Well, I mean, obviously that's, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think you can do nothing. If there were in authorities involved, And perhaps- apparently, the, apparently, at least some of the folks that were thought to be responsible for the situation were removed from TD Ameritrade Park. So, there's that. Well, and then if we know who they are, then... There it's easier be, to address. Yeah, yeah, you can address that pretty easily. So, yeah, we'll see. I just, it, it's disappointing. It's disappointing under any circumstance that it even has to be addressed, that it has to take place, that somebody feels like that's a good idea. I, I just, I don't, and I don't know what you accomplish by insulting anyone in any way using derogatory language during a a college baseball game toward anyone. What do you accomplish by doing that? Cheer for your team. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I, I was a trash talker, but I was never a an insulting trash talker. You know, I didn't say anything about other than, well, maybe Jelly Roll, but that's just because we all called him, everybody called him that. Curtis Jeter, former Auburn uh, defensive lineman who played in the AF2. But I think everybody in the league called him that. I think that was just his nickname. I'm not sure. I just remember hearing him called that, so that's what we called him. But, yeah, I just I don't understand that. I, if you're going to talk trash, that's fine. But, I mean, it's insults and derogatory, racial, any type of, you know, sexist comments, things like that. that there's no place in that. And especially in amateur sports, I mean, there's no place anywhere, but crap. I mean, you're talking about college kids and their parents. And their parents, yeah. Like, that's insane. You know, but, you know, it's one of those deals where if if you get up and pop somebody, then you're wrong. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're supposed to just sit there and take it. It's it's tough. Apparently, they're not the only racists in sports because Scottie Pippen uh, alleging that Michael Jordan was selfish, no kidding, um, and that Phil Jackson is racist. Wait, what? (laughs) You've not heard this? No. Oh, it's a whole ordeal. Oh, man. Uh, We can't. Okay. It was a four-minute clip of his appearance on the Dan Patrick show yesterday in which he attributed the the play that he sat out during the NBA Finals after Michael Jordan's retirement, the play that was drawn up for Tony Kukoc during his rookie year was drawn up for Kukoc because Phil Jackson is a racist. Because And it was, I mean, you've got to find the video. We listened to it, watched it on Twitter yesterday after the show, and it's, it's amazing. The, entire, the entirety of that interview is interesting in itself because, you know, Dan Patrick basically says, you know, I thought Michael said, hey, you know, 
Steve, I'm going to pass you the ball and you're going to be open at the free throw line or whatever, the top of the key and, you know, knock it down. Right. And that's exactly what happened. He, you know, this is in reference to another play that Dan said, well, he drew up a play for, for Steve Kerr late in a NBA finals game, like similar to that. And Scotty says that the play was supposed to go to Michael and Michael adjusted the play. And and so, but he only did it because there was a documentary being filmed. All that footage that you saw from the last dance, Mm -hmm. that was actually a documentary about Michael, not about the bulls. So all of that footage was supposed to be about Michael. Well, Michael knew there were cameras on him. So he tried to make it look like he was being unselfish. Scotty says, you don't think he was going to take that shot if he had any opportunity to take it? And he's probably not wrong. But Dan Patrick saying, well, you know, he did draw this play up for Steve Kerr, and now he's drawn up plays for Tony Kukoc and blah, blah, this, blah, blah. It was... It was very odd. The whole situation was really odd. And, you know, you're hearing... Scotty has been a lot more visible here over the last six months to a year, and and this type thing is pretty much thematic yep. out of him. And the only thing I can really attribute it to is, you know, eventually Robin gets tired of being Robin. You know, and, and I, think, I think Scotty – wasn't Scotty recognized as one of the 50 greatest NBA players during that – anniversary celebration that they had of the league i mean he was in fact i don't i don't think anybody is shortchanging scotty pippen that's the thing there's no reason for him to be this upset and this 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 far after the fact (laughs) it doesn't make any sense i mean when he went to portland and was the guy he was the guy there and they did well you know they but didn't win any championships and I don't I don't want to miss I don't want to discount the way the man feels because how you feel is how you feel and right. and you have every right to feel that way at the same time the rest of us have a right to listen to it and and kind of give you that dumb dog look you know are you you know you ain't giving them six rings back <laughs> I mean and as robins go I, I mean I I Racist, selfish players, racist coaches, selfish players, whatever. You ain't giving them six rings back. So, or the money that came with, or it. the money that came with it. So, anyway, Scotty, I, I like Scotty Pippen. I don't have a problem with Scotty. Great Pippen. ball player. Great. Ball I mean, player. he was, but he's always felt like he was just. He has always come off as. I'm better than. I'm giving credit for. Yeah. You're top 50 yeah. player of all time. Shut up. <laughs> Why are you so mad? Why are you? you are so successful, more than most basketball players ever. Why are you so mad? Why are you mad, bro? It's You're only mad. game. Why you have to be mad? <laughs> he got that from his hockey friends. Yeah. Uh, One last thing before yes. we get to the break. Um... So I sent you a screenshot last night. Um, apparently, the Eddie George 
effect is in full effect. There was a piece on AL.com last night. Former Auburn quarterback Chael Garnett is changing his stripes. Garnett, who entered the transfer portal last month, announced Monday afternoon that he has committed to Tennessee State, where he will play for new Tigers head coach Eddie George, the former Heisman Trophy winner out of Ohio State and longtime NFL running back. Um, Garnett is a former three-star recruit signed with Auburn as part of its 2020 class, the last class under Malzahn. I guess he redshirted because it says he will have four years of eligibility remaining at TSU. So, Well, in 2020, they got the free year. Okay. So, okay. And he's immediately eligible because he went down So, to FCS. So there you go. So he did play last year? I don't I'm sure he didn't play if he was a quarterback. Uh I don't I just don't know that he necessarily redshirted. He just The six one, two hundred and sixteen pounder out of Lakeland, Florida did not appear in a game last season for Auburn and redshirted while working behind Bo Nix, oh, Grant Loy, and Cord Sandberg. See, we'd have just read just a little bit farther. We would have had well, the answer. The screenshot was cut off. Oh so I okay. Had to you had to go to it. it. Yeah, yeah. So, so that yeah. makes sense. So, um, again, I would assume that this type of move is what was expected or hoped for with the arrival of the former Heisman Trophy winner slash Tennessee Titan running back. So That's exactly what you're thinking. So, to me, it's working. And, and I guess, you know, the opportunity for a college offensive player, particularly a quarterback, to work with Hugh Jackson doesn't hurt any. Yes, please. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's huge. We'll All see right. see how that goes. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. It is the top of the hour. When we come back, George Plaster joins us, and we have a huge announcement uh, coming at the top of the segment. So stick around. We have a huge announcement. 10.05. We will be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint to the Lee Company Studio. Right after this, you guys stick around. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coming to you from the Lee Company studio right here in the Front Forge Sports headquarters of WKOM 1017 FM and coming to you on the airwaves of 94.5 The Eagle WZYX in Franklin County. Happy to have you guys with us on this Tuesday edition of the show and it is Five minutes past the hour, which means it's time for our huge announcement. Doom, 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 soldier boy. No. Oh, it's it's huge, not you. I get so confused sometimes. My bad. Wait, what? <laughs> Do you know Soldier Boy? Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. I grew up with you that. Done. It's you. I don't know. What. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm thinking it's huge. I think it's a huge announcement. Uh, Mo trying to <laughs> under promise over deliver. Uh, I, I'm really excited. And here it is. Beginning July 12th, right here on WKOM 101.7 FM. Between the hours of 2 p.m. and 4 p.m., you will be able to hear the voice of George Plaster on our airwaves every weekday, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4, right here, WKOM. The George Plaster Show is coming to your airwaves, Columbia. Let's get excited. Let's welcome him to Columbia, just as in, just as only Mule Town can do. And until <laughs> and until then, we'll just keep welcoming him to our show, just like we're doing now. George Plaster, welcome in on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. How excited are you to be uh, coming to the airwaves starting July twelfth? Chris, I am very excited. Um, this is something I've wanted for a while. Uh, I want to thank my station, first of all, in Nashville, um, WNSR, for allowing me to do this. Uh, Columbia, Tennessee has always been a big area for me in the past at previous radio stations. Done a lot of, uh, done a lot of speaking engagements, done a lot of remotes down in that area. I know your signal has a great reach in southern middle Tennessee, so you're darn right I'm excited. We're excited to have you, sir. So um, I guess that kind of makes us pseudo-colleagues anyway. Mo, I I would be proud to be your colleague. How you doing? (laughs) I'm all right, George. Congratulations. Welcome to Mule Town. you know, when we were talking about this in the last hour and Chris was talking about how big it was, <laughs> I did not want to make it sound like I didn't think it was big. And and I I think I think this should be universally accepted as a pretty big deal, both for, for our station, our listeners, um this community, you know, to have you on and accessible from two to four daily down here talking about sports as only you can do i mean I've, I've referred to you as pretty much the godfather of nashville area sports talk radio so i'm i think it's going to be fun i think it's going to be exciting and i think our listeners and when i say our listeners i mean mine and chris's listeners because i think sure. that there's going to be a lot of crossover between folks that are listening to us and folks that are going to be listening to you and then there are going to be some folks that are probably going to listen to you that won't listen to us because you actually know what you're talking about. But um, we're excited. Mo, let me first of all say thank you to you and Chris because you guys have known what was going on here for the last few weeks, and you all have welcomed me uh, like I couldn't possibly have imagined. Uh, you know, you and I go back, God. 30, who knows how many years, 30, 35, even though both of us are only in our 20s. Exactly. Um, we, we go back a long ways together. And, you know, I'm hopeful that we do a lot of cross-promoting uh, but between our two shows. 
I think that's the way it ought to be. I'll also tell you, our intention is to come down very early, me and Watson Brown and Terry McCormick, and do a show very quickly in Columbia because it's an area I love. I, I've you know I've spent a lot of time there, um, you know, over the years. I'm certainly no stranger being down there so i i can't wait to do this and i thank you for the friendship you guys have shown me we are really uh excited and, and we certainly want to see you in the studio here uh in the front porch sports studio and headquarters right here on the banks of the west seventh as i like to call it because it's, uh, it's basically like a swamp out there and in rough waters it's, it's it's tough to tough to get down but uh you should definitely if you have an opportunity uh definitely fly the helicopter in and land because it's easier than driving uh, so i need to i need to borrow rudy kalis's helicopter to get in there i love it i would think it's available uh, these days you know I know Rudy well enough to, to maybe pull a string or two. Or just bring, guys, Rudy, bring Rudy with. Yeah. You, know. you know what? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Just bring in, him. In, all, in all seriousness, I want to thank uh, your owner, Delt Kennedy, Clayton Harris. When, when I first pitched this idea to them, you know, they, they probably should have thrown me out of the place the, the minute all this started. But instead – it was obvious that they were interested, and, and I just really appreciate the confidence that's been shown. Uh, like you guys, um, in the morning, we're going to talk sports. Um, you know, we're not going to get into a lot of other stuff, uh, probably because I'm not smart enough to, but sports is what sports talk shows ought to be about. Uh, they ought to be about listeners. Uh, feeling comfortable with the people that they're dealing with, that they're kind of sitting around the campfire and just shooting the bull. And, uh, you know, I want that feeling for, for the listeners in southern middle Tennessee to know that, you know, um, anytime you want to call, this is not going to be some combat zone. We try to treat callers with respect. That's the way I've always done this for almost 30 years now. And um, I'm not going to change on that end. Yeah, we, you know, there are a lot of radio shows that are in your time slot, which <laughs> currently across the southeastern United States and the rest of the country that uh, are a little more abrasive with their callers. And I, I'd certainly uh, enjoy listening to your show in the afternoon when you open the phones at 325 typically and and get the you know, get folks opinions about all the stuff you guys have talked about. And, you know, Watson and Terry bring such a unique aspect to your show. I mean, Watson Brown and all of his, you know, years and years of expertise on the sidelines and that sort of thing. And, and what Terry brings is obviously just, it's a unique perspective from, you know, right, right down the road. He's, he's involved directly. So it's really interesting how you have been able to, uh, bring in the experts and kind of facilitate that. Yeah, they have, they have been great. Uh, they have been great teammates in this thing. Watson and I go back, gosh, who knows how many years ago I did. Uh, when I was in college, I did Watson's TV show when he was at Austin P it had to be the worst television co- TV coaches show in the history of them. They're all bad. Ours 
went to a new level of bad. <laughs> and then Mo remembers this. I got fired for defending Watson when he got fired at Vandy. And uh, I'll admit I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed sparring with Paul Houlihan. That was um, it was never dull. That was uh, must-see TV right there. <laughs> oh, my God. It was uh, – well, Paul just kept giving us so much cannon fodder <laughs> with some of the things that that he would do. Uh, it's really it was it's really what put our show on the map. He really was the gift the that kept 90s. giving. Uh, yeah, it was it was yep. That had to be a great time to be doing sports talk radio in Nashville. I mean, just because, like you said, he was just there. Yeah. Mo, we were in a we were in a bankrupt radio station situation at the time, and I remember going. I went to the hearing uh, where the bankruptcy court uh, turned the station over to, to a trustee. But it was also at a time Eddie Fogler was leaving to go to South Carolina. Ralph Willard up at Western Kentucky was about to leave to go to Pittsburgh. I was involved in both programs a lot. It was just a really cool time in sports talk radio, but we got a lot of things going on right now. We got Vandy, you know, about to win a national title, perhaps again in baseball. What Corbin has done is nothing short of miracle worker stuff. Mo, you and I need the Braves to take two out of three in this series against the Mets and get that thing down to three and a half games. And you know what? If they do that going into the All Star break, as as depleted as the Braves are, you know what? They're still there. Yeah, They've gone oh, away. absolutely. That, like you said, they just need to get it down to manageable when Darno and and Enoa get back. And if if both those guys can pick up where they left off, no small feat. But if they can do that, then then the Braves have absolutely got a chance. Um, I'm trying. You're bad for me because I get to think in this way when I talk to you. I've pretty much resigned <laughs> myself to the fact that they're dead in the water. But facts are facts. Um, if you get Darno back, you get Enoa back, and he's performing like he was before he got the stupid bug, as I say, you know, then then they're going to be a factor. That Now, again, as Chris and I were saying, they're going to have to win the East to get yeah. in. But, Absolutely. But it's winnable. So – We'll see how that goes. <laughs> it, it is winnable because the rest of the division kind of sucks as well. Uh, nobody has really – the Mets are the one team that's sort of broken out ahead of everybody. But Philly and Washington and Atlanta, you can kind of lump them in there. They've all got problems. They all need a baseball psychiatrist right now. <laughs> and, um, you know, who knows? Um, I guess stranger things have happened. And then I don't know about y'all. I just assumed Phoenix was going to win last night to close out that series, and the Clippers beat the snot out of them. It's uh, I'll tell you, <laughs> Chris Paul <laughs> and the curse is real. The curse of Chris it, Paul is real, and the three one, the the three one series lead. There's a curse there too. Clearly, hey, by the way, anybody excited about? Uh, Fred's playing a hockey game at Nissan Stadium. So this is this is kind of the the this uh, part of the the show that we wanted to talk to you about because you okay. are the you are the uh, our resident Preds guy outside of Lawson Smith who is currently wearing his 
Preds hat. But uh, uh, you know, this is this is big news. I mean, this is absolutely massive news for the city of Nashville and for the Nashville Predators. You know, Chris, um, over the last, uh, I don't know, I guess five, six, seven years, a lot of things have gone down uh, with that franchise. Obviously, when we, when we were able to get the stay of execution in 2007 and not have the team leave, this ownership group. It's hard to now, believe that's been that long ago. I know. Gosh, it, it'll be 13 years in about two weeks. Yeah. But, but anyway, I think if the NHL is honest, the Nashville Predators taught the rest of the league how to market. First with the, uh, the NHL draft in 2003, then the, uh, the all-star game, uh, which, brought that thing to a new level of music and entertainment, then all the way to the Stanley Cup final where Butch Spearden had all these watch parties downtown. And before it was over, you were having 25 and 50,000 people who had no chance of getting in the arena, but just wanted to feel like a part of it. And to me, this is the obvious next step that the NHL needed to take to say, Nashville, we need to milk all of your marketing expertise for all it's worth. So we're going to give you a, a, an outdoor stadium game. Who knows what we're going to get? You know, you could get anywhere from six inches of snow that day to a 70-degree day. Um, there's no telling what we get out of that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is because of, you know, Tennessee weather, you know, predictions. Who knows? I mean, has anybody consulted the Almanac? I mean, I, I I legitimately have no idea what to expect that day, and and we saw how how big of an impact weather can have on these outdoor games, even in Lake Tahoe. Yeah, I guess I'm surprised that the NHL didn't just say, okay, all of these are going to be in January. Um, yeah, because you do run the risk. I don't know what all the the risks are. But what if you get a, a 65 degree day? Now, on one hand, as a spectator, it's a great day. That may be that may be pretty good. You know, it might be very comfortable, uh, or it might be you know freezing to death. Either way, I haven't seen what it is they're saying they can put in there for a hockey game. I'm guessing it's 60, 65 thousand. Yeah, it, it's at least fifty six. <laughs> yeah, mean. so. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm a season ticket holder. Likelihood is, you know, I, I'm going to reach out to some friends of mine that don't live here and say, hey, I'll buy the extra tickets. If you're ever going to come, this is the thing to come to. Well, George, I, two years ago I went to Dallas, and one of the cool things about that, even though it was – it was actually kind of warm that day too. I mean, I think one of the, the – the parts of the experience of being in the outdoor arena is the attire is supposed to be a little heavier, right? I mean, you're supposed to wear the, the, the bogging yeah. caps and the, the big sweaters sure. and that sort of thing. And, and, and a lot of folks had the scarves on and it wasn't really cold enough to, to wear all those, even though we did because you had to, but I mean, we drove out there, literally got to Dallas at, 12.01 a.m. on New Year's Day morning 
Oh and wow! Did our New Year's kiss in the car as we were pulling into the drive uh, into the driveway of the <laughs> hotel. Went to the game and then turned and burned and came back that night after the game because Sarah had to go to work the next day. So, but that being said, worth every bit of that experience because it was just such a cool atmosphere, such a cool game, despite getting absolutely drilled once we got there. <laughs> you know, uh, Chris, there was some weird stuff going on behind the scenes. The Predators, if you remember, were falling apart. And the truth of it is they'd already made the decision to fire Peter Laviolette. Mm-hmm. And I think in res- out of respect for that game and what it meant to the NHL, they waited until after that thing was over. Because if you remember, they weren't playing well at all. No. Dallas had come in here about two weeks before and just beat the crap out of them. And then um, down in Dallas, same thing kind of happened. Uh, I didn't go to it, uh, but I, I'm told it was an incredible experience. I just drove by the Cotton Bowl about two weeks ago. I was down in Dallas uh, for about four days. And, um, man, that place got a lot of history. And uh, I, I'm excited about this. I think uh, I think this is going to be a cool thing for Nashville. And it's just the latest in a series of deals cool where things. the NHL, to me, is trying to you know, learn more out of Nashville's marketing expertise. Well, as far as cool things go, Nashville has has them coming. I mean, you get NASCAR, you've got the IndyCar thing coming in August. Uh, obviously, this is now a big part of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I, I'm excited to um, to hopefully get a chance to get out there for it because it, it, Dallas was amazing, and being at an event like that here in Nashville is just going to be just as cool. So. Looks like we are up against well, a break, but George, one more time, July 12th, you will be on the airwaves two to four every weekday right here on WKOM. Super excited. Really excited on my end. Again, thanks to you two for the friendship that you've shown me. Thanks to Delt Kennedy, the owner of your station, to Clayton Harris, to everybody there who's shown the confidence in our group. We're going to make this something special and something that Columbia and Southern Middle Tennessee can be proud of. And I'm thrilled to be aligned with you guys. I really am. Well, we are as well. So thanks again, George Plaster on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you more between now and then as we continue to promote the uh, start of your show on July 12th. And then, of course, when, once you are on the air Uh, continuously we're excited about that so we appreciate you joining us and we hope that you have a good day you've got uh speaking of the preds you've got the preds president coming on today this afternoon right yeah sean henry will be on at 2 30 this afternoon and and i just want to kind of get his take on how this all started you know who who said what to whom first about getting this ball rolling to get this so i'm looking forward to that you can hear that on WNSR, 5.60 a.m.? Correct. Bingo at 95.9 on FM. There you go. All right, George, thanks, man. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you later. Guys, thank you. Appreciate it. George Plaster, one more time on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, more about the Braves and the Sounds who uh, get back in action tonight against the Bats. It's going to be a lot of fun.
So stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Be right back. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back into the show coming up on the bottom of the hour chris yalmo Patton and lawson smith in the studio with you coach mike on vacation so doing my best to make sure that this thing goes off without a hitch and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. just depends. Happy to be with you guys here on WKOM 1017 FM in the Front Porch Sports Headquarters in the Lee Company Studio. Also down in Franklin County, 94.5 The Eagle, WZYX. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Um, real quick before we get into this, need to tell you about uh, our sponsor, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods. Need to give them a quick shout out here. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. So be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. The look of a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Hoping to get a win today is the Atlanta Braves, who are in striking distance of the New York Metropolitans. And I think this is kind of important because it's important to note that this series could determine whether or not the Atlanta Braves decide to do anything before the uh, All-Star break as far as trades go. I'd really like to think that decision has already been made. But you're probably right. Well, I mean, if you if you get swept in this series and you're sitting at you know closer to ten games than three games out, maybe you just ride it and say and chalk this one up to bad luck. That's a theory, and hope that next year that bullpen comes back the way it was last year. Yeah, I mean. I guess my concern is that it's not just the bullpen. The bullpen has been the most glaring issue with this team. They need one more stick. 
as they're currently constructed. Now, again, as we mentioned in the last segment, or as I mentioned in the last segment, talking with George Plaster, we're going to get Travis Darno back at some point. But I don't think you can expect Heredia, um, Almonte, Infante to continue to tread water offensively the way they have. I think at some point they're going to regress. So, how do we get Adam Duvall back? <laughs> Glad you didn't ask that while George was on the line. <laughs> yeah, can we trade for Adam Duvall? <laughs> I, I, I don't think Miami's going to let him go at this point. Not without, and he's not been great for them, except against us. <laughs> well, except with runners in scoring position, he's in the top ten major leagues in batting average and RBIs. In with runners in scoring position, he has like fifty six RBIs on the year. And where have the Braves been particularly bad offensively? Runners in scoring position. This is what I'm saying. I mean, it's <laughs> is there any way to get Doobie back? That's mm, all I'm asking. Mm. That'd be tough. Um, so the Braves do open this series today against the Mets. Braves come in 37 and 40 after being off yesterday. Mets lost yesterday, fell to 40 and 34 on the year. It'll be Charlie Morton. He of the seven and three record in the 3.68 ERA against Tyler McGill. No decisions, 4.15 ERA for the Mets. And again, the Braves split at Cincinnati. Split their road trip um, with a 4 nothing win on Sunday. So, got a little momentum, relatively speaking, but they're creeping up on that 500 mark yet again, and we all know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I will take a sweep of the Mets. To get over 500? To get to 500. That's all I'm saying. I'd take it. Now, after that, we can cross that bridge when we get there. But, boy, that'd be nice. We'll see how it goes. What is three game series? It is a three game series. Okay, uh, and that's followed by who coming in here after the that? Marlins? I believe. I believe Miami is the next team in. So and Adam Duvall <laughs> and Adam Duvall. Yeah, I mean, we could trade for him next week Maybe and we just, just you know get them to drop him off while he's could here. Be, we know? could be like, um, what's uh, who is the guy that went from the Cubs to the Phillies and got just, and got a hit for both teams in the same day in the eighties? Uh, it was. What was, was it, his name? Was it Ivan De Jesus? De Jesus? Oh man! Uh, <laughs> hang on, because I. <laughs> While you're looking that up, I'm going to go ahead and give you this day in Braves history, and it's it's a little convoluted, but hang with me. So on June 29, 1897, 1897, the Chicago Colts blasted the Louisville Colonels. 36-7, scoring the most runs in a single game in Major League Baseball history. Last season, the Braves took a shot at that record, specifically on September 20th, before settling for a National League modern era record, the modern era being since 1900, with the 29-9 drilling of visiting Miami. Texas Rangers hold the American League modern era record with their 30-3 win against at Baltimore on August 22nd, 2007. A couple of participants in that Braves-Marlins games were also in that Rangers-Orioles contest as third base coach Ron Washington was managing the winning Rangers and 
Nick Markakis out of Young Harris. Professional was hitter the, Nick Markakis. <laughs> was then with Baltimore. So Come back, Nicky Doubles. Come back. <laughs> What is what is the acronym? The the initials P H N M. Professional professional hitter Nick Markakis out, out of, of Young, Young Harris. Harris. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is his entire full name. It's on his birth certificate. You can go look it up. Joel Youngblood, August fourth of uh, nineteen eighty two. I think he he had a an MVP type season in eighty one. Cubs and Mets. It no. It was it was yes. It was the. Mets at the Cubs okay, at Wrigley. That's what I thought. I, okay. get, he goes two for three in that game, gets traded in the middle of the game. Philadelphia, uh, or I'm sorry, the Expos call and say, hey, we need you to get to veterans at ASAP. So he gets in the cab and realizes he's left his glove at Wrigley. So he has to turn around, go back to Wrigley, get his glove, Gets to the airport, flies to Philadelphia, is called on to pinch hit in the seventh inning of the Phillies Expos game, gets a base hit as a pinch hitter. He's the only player to ever get a hit for two different teams in the same day. In two different cities. Yes. It's not like the the Cubs Cardinals thing where they swapped players in like 1922, where they swapped players in the middle of a doubleheader. Good Lord. Yeah. That's and those two guys, even though they swapped teams, they both went over in game one. One of them went one for four, and the other went two for four in the uh, the second game. So neither of them got hits for each team, making Joel Youngblood the only one to ever do it. That's dropping knowledge, Chris Yao, I, I, Mister Elias. <laughs> that was it's one of my favorite baseball stories. I mean, statistics are are, are crazy out there, but that's one of my favorite stories. Before we get to the break, the Sounds open a six-game series tonight against the Louisville Bats, as Chris mentioned. One of the best nicknames in minor league baseball, considering Louisville Slugger and the Louisville Slugger Museum. Um, Sounds come in 30-16 and after um, Corey Ray's RBI fielder's choice scored Mitch Longo to walk it off Sunday against Charlotte. A 5-4 score. Um... The Sounds won the series with visiting Charlotte four to two. That was their, three of those were walk offs. Yep, that was their third walk off <laughs> in four games in their <laughs> fifth of the season. Man, if you're Charlotte, you had to be glad to get out of here. And if you're going to a game, don't leave. Yeah. <laughs> clearly. There you go. <laughs> um, best news: Corey Ray is obviously best. Yes, um, and and um, he now has an eight game hitting streak going for the Sounds, during which he's hit 344 with a couple of runs, seven doubles, a home run, and eight RBI. So the Sounds, 30 and 16, the Bats, 18 and 29. 705 start at First Horizon Park. Be there, or be square. Yeah, it's going to be, tonight's going to be a good night to be, uh, to be at First Horizon. I, I'm, I want to, I want to take a look at the, at the standings here because we need to take a look at the starters because Sonny Gray may be lining up for a rehab start for Louisville during this series. I have not seen a, uh, I don't know who the, the, uh, I know who they are tonight. I don't know what it looks like the rest of the week, but, uh, and that might be a thing where we don't find out until, 
the day of. Yes. Yeah, so. uh, right now they've got Hunter Green going, who is a a solid prospect. Yeah, that's one one. that's not shabby. Yeah. Uh, so he's one and one on the year with a four point ERA, and Francis two and two with a four ERA as well. So five hundred pitchers at four zero zero ERAs, but yeah, uh, the the sounds are currently. Let's look at the AAA East in the South Division, Southeast Division, Durham. Currently a half game ahead of the Sounds with a 31-16 record. The Nashville's got the 30-16 and record. So, man, it looks like this 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 one's going to come down to the end. I guess whoever has the best record at the end is the champion. I, we don't have playoffs this year. So. You won't have playoffs, and you're not going to – I don't know if those games are going to be made up. The sounds have been rained out twice, and apparently Durham's <sighs> been rained out once or otherwise. Well, we know whose fault game. that was. We know whose fault Durham's rain out was. I can get you right now. There we go. All right, let's take a quick break. It is Top 5 Tuesday. When we come back, we're going to talk about the top five uniform color schemes of all time. So stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in. 15 minutes to the top of the hour here on WKOM 1017 FM, the Front Porch Sports Headquarters, WZYX 94.5 The Eagle down in Franklin County. Thank you guys for hanging out with us as we come to you from the Lee Company studio on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. What if I told you Angel Hernandez was 95% accurate last night? I'd ask you who kidnapped him and replaced him (laughs) with a good umpire. He was 94% consistent, too. Goodness gracious. Blind squirrels and nuts. A broken clock is right twice a day. There we go. That, That makes up for Joe West from the other day or from any day. but You know. Anyway, just thought that was interesting. It is Top 5 Tuesday brought to you by our friends at Mid-South 5 Fitness. Really excited to tell you about Thalia Steel and the 
great folks at Mid-South 5 Fitness who are bringing you the best in personal training experience in either Columbia or Franklin. So check them out, steelathletes.com. That's S-T-E-E-L, athletes.com. Like I said, either here in Columbia or up in Franklin. Give them an email, shoot them an email if you're looking for a personal trainer. Train at steelathletes.com. Now, it is Top 5 Tuesday, and I'm excited. This is always one of my favorites. One of my favorite topics is uniforms. Big fan of uniform colors and schemes and whatnot. So, hey, let's get into it. What do you say? Uh, anybody got any honorable mentions? I've got an honorable mention. Go because, ahead. Um, because it's not one particular uniform, but I think it's really cool that all three of the teams in Pittsburgh utilize the same color schemes. It is unique to Pittsburgh. And I think it makes sense, though. Like, those colors just really, they, they kind of make sense for. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of the Steelers uniforms, per se. I'm not a big fan of the Penguins at all. But but that black and gold and, you know, one, one, one color scheme fits all. If you live in that city, you can just get something black and gold and, and you're black always and yellow, in black season. And yellow, you know? Black and yellow, black and yellow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I think that's kind of cool. Any Any honorable mentions? Not, not we do need to mention that you came. You, you mentioned yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure who it was, but somebody said the Preds had the uh, one of the best yes. sweaters in the. Oh yeah, that was just somebody random on Twitter that said that the current home uniform like sweater for the Preds was one of the best in the league. Which it was some NHL sweater account though. Like it was a, a website of some sort that uh, I don't. I didn't look at it. Sweaters it was, of NHL. Mm. And yeah, they said that the Preds uh, had some some of the best. And so, anyway, uh, thought that was interesting. Number five, I will go first. Y'all gonna hate me for this, but the color scheme works really well. The Utah Jazz purple and teal. I love it because teal goes good with a lot of things. Purple's not one you would think it goes well with. But it looks really good with those that 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 icy mountain. It kind of feels like ice, right? It kind of feels icy. So I guess that works in Utah. It's my number five. My number five is the National Predators original uh, navy jerseys because I, I don't know. I grew up with it, and they were ugly. I like them. They're still ugly. <laughs> my, my number five is the San Antonio Spurs. It's that simple black and silver. Just, just the right amount, whether it's the gray with the black print or whether it's black and silver or the white with the black and silver accents. I, I just think that's really a clean uniform. I don't watch a whole lot of NBA, which is probably why I didn't know why Milwaukee was wearing blue. Sunday night against the Hawks, but your guess is as good as mine on that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even try to look it up because I didn't even want to no, know. Well, I didn't figure there was an explanation. Because I didn't want to hear anything stupid. Well, <laughs> and somebody with a stupid response was going to tell me, and I didn't want to hear it. So, anyway, number four, 
a lot of folks going to hate me for this one, but Notre Dame, that navy and gold is just something special. It's It really is. I love Vegas gold and navy specifically with it. So... My number four is the Hartford Whalers. I just love the combination of green, blue, that royal and blue. Gray. That that royal blue and the Kelly green is a heck of a combination, and I, I love it too. So I don't I, I don't hate you. I don't hate you. And the logo is just awesome too. I'm yeah, gen- I'm generally not big on green. So sorry. Um, my number four, and and it'll sound a little homerish, but I'm okay with it. It's the Titans. I've I've always enjoyed light blue, dark blue, and you'll see this again as a theme here in a bit. But uh, so I I kind of like what the Titans have done with the. I hate to use the phrase, two tone blue. Why are you staring at me? My number three is the Titans. <laughs> Next. <laughs> My number three. <laughs> what was I going to do? You just took everything I was going to say and said it. Uh, Ditto. This guy. Uh, my number three is going to be the Phoenix Coyote. Well, the then Phoenix Coyotes Kachina jerseys from the late 90s. With the, the, With the black the, and then the green and the, I don't know, it was like maroonish? Rust. Rust. Yeah. Rust, yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. I loved it. Kind of brick, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So I'll tell you about, uh, that's also the Arizona Rattlers use that, that teal green with the rust, and I hate it. <laughs> it's just me. I It was actually my number one worst uniform of all time, uh, but... I can see how people would like because it is unique. So if you either love it or you hate it, I'd have been to hate it. You happen to like it. So anyway, number two, uh, number three, number three. You're number three. You're right. Yeah, my number three, the Carolina Panthers, blue and black. Um, I guess it's probably their. Is it their road jersey? That's the white that? with the. No, no, no. Then the other one, the the blue jersey with the black. Um, yeah, numbers accent. with the silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like that one, too. Yeah. I think the Titans, going back to my number three, I think the Titans, when they added the silver, really made that pop. Mm-hmm. Going from the white, black, yeah, or the white and then the navy. And, but when they added the silver with the navy, it really made it pop. So, anyway, that's why I like them. My number two, kind of, there, there are two teams here, and there's a reason, because I – I could have made them 2-3, but I couldn't decide which one, so it's kind of a 2-A, 2-B. But I also want to preface this by saying that there are some teams who use powder blue poorly, and the St. Louis Cardinals are one of them. Um, Because you can't put black, red, and powder blue together. It has to be navy red. If you're going to do powder blue and red, the accent has to be navy. It just can't be anything else. It can't be black. It doesn't look right. So Ole Miss's powder blues or the Chargers powder blues. Those two, those color schemes and the way that they they put those jerseys together, there's nothing better to me than the powder blue helmets that Ole Miss wears. 
I, I will agree with you on that. I actually, when I was a kid, I got a Ladanian Tomlinson powder blue Chargers jersey just Love because it. it was so good. The The only bad thing about the Ole Miss powder blue, it's not that color. It's, well, I mean, but it's, you know, it used to be way back in the old days. Yeah. And so it's kind of a throwback, but yeah. I think when you use that powder blue with the red and the navy, it, it just chef's kiss. Oh, it's not a bad. It's not a bad look. It's just uh, not their it, look. It, it kind of goes back to the whole Milwaukee Bucks thing over the weekend. I mean, it's not their color. Well, the Bucks though are green, gold, and silver, and they threw in a random blue. At least Ole Miss just like said, "Man, these jerseys look really faded. Let's use them anyway." <laughs> <laughs> At least it's a shade of their color. There you go. Your number two. My number two is taking off my number three. Uh, I actually had a hand in designing this jersey. Um, it is the, uh, the West Nashville Woolies alternate jerseys, which we modeled after the Kachina jerseys for the Phoenix Coyotes with our colors of black, white, maroon, and well, it's kind of a royal blue, but take a look at it. We'll have to post it on Twitter. You'll have to post it on Twitter. It's not bad. I love it. It's got a lot of colors going on. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's solid. I love the design. I don't hate it. I'm going to show it on the camera, but. (laughs) There you go. Good plan. But I just love it. My number two is Pritz. I like that blue and gold. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So. I, I, Look. The Preds colors are great, but when they had the silver in the night that first year, just didn't work for me. They had a little much going on early. It, it was it, those those uniforms. They kind of refined it. They have. They they've done a really good job perfecting two really good colors. Yeah. No. So well done. All right, it's time for number one. Number one. You can say what you want for this because it's kind of a homer pick but Syracuse their slate navy you know they don't they don't do a like a really they don't do a Preds navy it's more like a it's more kind of a flat color mm-hmm. and that orange there's nothing better so what Summit wears very little better than that I love it so Syracuse slash Summits, navy and orange. My number one's going to be piggybacking off of what you said about uh, powder blue. And I'm going to go with the Houston slash Tennessee Oilers just because I've seen stuff being tweeted out about uh, those Some uniforms of those uniforms returning yeah. and just seeing that. Ooh. Come on. I... I I wouldn't be mad if they just switched to those full time and just got rid of the current ones. I'm not gonna lie. That's but not gonna happen. I, I, yeah. I know it's not gonna happen, but if it were to, I would be very happy. My number one, and it's kind of odd because I'm really not a big fan of the program, but it. We're all powder blue lovers, apparently, because North Carolina's use of the the pale blue, Carolina blue, and dark blue, again, 
I, had two tones. I really like that. Say what you want. That's yeah. what it is. I actually, I designed some softball jerseys based on Carolina's use of the the two blues. So, you know who I, we nobody mentioned, and I feel bad because I kind of want to throw them as an honorable mention. The Florida Marlins. When they first came out with that teal and black with the pinstripes. I was so tired of that teal. They were the first ones to do it. And, and every Everybody little... after that did it, but they were the first ones. And when they came out with it, it looked really good. You know yeah. how we know? Because everybody used it. Everybody. Every little league. Including, matter of fact, I think I've got, I've got a uniform. I've got a picture of my 10-year-old baseball uniform, which is white shirt. Teal lettering, black outline, black pants, white pinstripes. Oh, <laughs> it, was, oh. it was awful. Oh, oh man. That's a uh, good bad. times, great oldies right there. <laughs> All right. It's time to get out of here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are so happy that you uh, stuck around with us for today's show. Remember, George Plaster, super excited, July 12th, WKOM 2-4. to uh, if you missed any part of today's show, sm-tnsports.com, you can find the podcast. It will be available for you, so go check it out there. We uh, want to say thank you to 94.5 The Eagle WZYX down in Franklin County for your time as well. So we'll see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. for Lawson Smith and Mopat. And I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Cool